Good afternoon. Welcome into the BetUS NBA show. Chris Farley, Kate Constable, and Josh is back with us today. Josh, it's so good to have you back. How you doing? Thanks, Kate. I'm doing well. I I, I feel better than I sound. Um, but yeah, COVID was rough for a couple of days there. It got me pretty good, but I'm definitely on the up now, feeling much better after yesterday's game as well. I'll let you intro the game before I go on any sort of monologue about how I feel about the situation. But uh, yeah, things are good on this side of the world now, which is a big relief. Good. Josh, I found that I find it awfully conspicuous, Josh, that you're here the night after that performance by your Boston Celtics. Wow. Wow, you you waited for the right moment. Yeah, yeah. Make I pick my spots. The entrance. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll preview that game or recap that game, I should say. Boston ninety three eighty. I mean, this was a close game for the entire first half. Miami was leading at the half, and then it was all the Boston Celtics. From then on, they went on a 24-2 run in that third quarter, and that really just shut the door for any hopes that Miami had on coming back. So, Josh, I know you're happy about the game, happy about the win. You're one win away from a finals appearance. But what particularly about that game did you like the Boston Celtics doing? I like the response in the third quarter. I thought the effort and off-ball activity was horrendous in the first half. And I think coming out of halftime, what we saw was a team that clearly, A, got its butt kicked in at halftime. Udoka must have given them an absolute earful, I imagine. Uh, and that, for me, has kind of been what's lacking in this team the last couple of seasons, where I think... Brad Stevens is as good as X and O's coach as anyone in the league. And, I, you know, I stand by that to this day. Um, but, you know, he always had that sort of passive demeanor about him where, you know, players potentially take advantage of that type of personality. And it's hard to necessarily bring out the best in certain guys as a result. Whereas Udoka is very much the opposite. You know, we saw a few days ago something come out where Tatum basically said, you know, he's got an open door policy, but he holds absolutely everyone accountable from top to bottom. Uh, and that's what this group needed. And I couldn't agree more with that. So that, I think, played a, its part in this game in particular at the half where we saw, like I said, a, a very renewed sense of urgency in that second half. And, and it, it, for me, uh, highlighted, I think, the massive jump they've made in that department. And that, for me, the biggest difference in this Boston Celtics team. And that third quarter not just won them the game. I think that third quarter won them the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Miami's three-point shooting, absolutely terrible yesterday. They really couldn't get anything going from deep. In fact, they set a franchise record for the number of missed threes, 38 missed threes yesterday. Uh, And that's for the best three-point shooting team all season long. I mean, they've been fantastic from deep and just for some reason can't get it going. Chris, was that more of what the Boston Celtics were doing defensively or more just a, a tough night for the Heat? Yeah, I think both defenses did a lot of good things in the first half. I, you know, just knocking the balls away every chance they get. It just seems like it seemed like both teams kind of had six players on the floor, right, at, at certain points. Uh, there was just, like, no fluidity to either offense. I, I, I couldn't believe the amount of turnovers at one point. Um, but, yeah, the Miami Heat just looked like kind of a broken team. They looked you know, banged up. They looked a little slower. You know, they just looked like, like old, old veterans. Um and so, yeah, there's not much to be proud of for either team in the first half. But, you know, that, that's why I like Josh as a fan because, you know, you have – there's one thing I can't stand. you got those fans out there who their team can't do anything wrong, right, especially when they're on the path to the NBA Finals. The first half of that game was crappy for both teams. But what the Boston Celtics showed in the third quarter 
was, uh, and I keep saying this on the show, was, you know, a championship response, right? The Boston Celtics, and I said this on Twitter yesterday, they're, it feels like they're really starting to believe, like, like they know that they're a great team and they know that they can beat any team in the NBA. And when you get to that point as a team, uh, and I give so much credit, again, to Ime Yudoka and the way that he's coaching these players because that's making a clear difference in their confidence and their performance. Uh, but when you get to that point as a team, that, that's really dangerous, right? Uh, a team like the Golden State Warriors, had, you know, they feel that way about themselves, right? They know it. But the Heat just have that uncertainty about them when they're out there. Some of those threes that they were missing were just horrendous. I mean, they weren't even hitting the rim. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and they weren't always covered by Boston, right? They had some open looks. But to Boston's credit, they exploded on offense in that third quarter. Jason State, Tatum stepped up. Um, a lot of players stepped up. So, you know, kudos to Boston who, uh, you know, we, I mean, I've been saying this all year too. It's a dangerous team that is getting better and better all the time. And it's, it's cool to see them peak at this point too because the Miami Heat, with all due respect to Heat fans and everything, I think if they made the NBA Finals, for me, it wouldn't feel like the better team um, in the um, Eastern Conference made it. So I, I do think this series is over too. Do the Heat have a shot? Of course they do. But it's going back to Boston. You know, they're, they're nine-point favorites tomorrow for a reason. So. Yeah, I think this uh, is over tomorrow in Boston. If you look at some of the Heat players' performance, Kyle Lowry, his only stat yesterday, one rebound. Played 25 minutes, one rebound. Couldn't make shots in his life. I his mean, injuries are pretty concerning, I think, in that he's becoming a bigger hindrance to that team than a help right now, being on the floor. Um, I think we spoke about it last week as well with Chris Paul when he, he played that series out and then it comes out afterwards that he's injured and you know I, I don't think it's admirable I think it's it's a little bit arrogant and it hurts your team I don't like it at all and uh, you know I liked the fact that Rob Williams didn't play game three uh, for Boston for, for that exact reason uh, game four for Boston for that exact reason I'd rather have Grant Williams play at 100% than have Rob Williams out there playing at you know 40-50% because he's trying to nurse an injury so yeah Lowry is one of those that fits in that category where he's clearly a long way from being 100% his normal self. And unfortunately, it's hurting the team quite a fair bit. And I said on the show yesterday I was going to take his under. I did, took the points under, and I'm going to continue to do that. If he's going to continue to play in this series, uh, I'm going to bank on him kind of performing the way he did last night. So uh, let's take a look at our overall record. Josh, you haven't been on the show. This is your first time this week, so your yeah. record is still the same. I uh, had a loss yesterday. My Celtics team total over did not hit. Chris tried to warn me about that. I didn't listen to him. And Chris, your Heat first quarter hit. So another win for you. Alex didn't have any plays yesterday, so he stays the same as well. All right, turning our attention to today's matchup, the Mavs and the Warriors. Game five, we are back in the Bay Area. Warriors are laying seven. Total here is 215 and a half. The Mavs won that game four, had a strong showing, especially a strong shooting performance to keep their season alive. Josh, what do you expect from this game tonight in San Francisco? This is going to be a fun one. This is, you know, a real potential to be a, ch a chess battle between two coaches in particular because I like what Dallas did in terms of adjusting their offense at last where they weren't entirely reliant on the three. They were really aggressive getting into the paint, penetrating that defense, and then kicking out to find open men on the perimeter. 
and it made a massive difference in terms of obviously not just the shots made from Beyond the Arc, but the space that they had in, in you know, finding open men out there and, you know, the success that they also had in penetrating and being aggressive to the basket. So, you know, now it's back on Golden State. Do they adjust and does Steve Kerr make the necessary adjustments there to prevent that from happening? And I think the answer there is yes, just based on what we've seen in years gone by from them. Um, so my, my look on this game, I do show a little bit of value towards Dallas here at the current number. I prefer the under here. I think that there's pretty good value there to be had. I was on the over last game. I'm going back the other way this time. I've made adjustments based on what I think the perceived pace of play is. Now, if you look at the Warriors this year and even during the dynasty years, which I don't like to do too much because obviously they're two completely different teams. But one thing that really stood out was road elimination games for the Warriors where you know they had the chance to basically knock off a team the pace of play was exponentially higher than what the season average uh, series average was for them in those situations. And then what you do is if you look at the following game when they return home, it becomes the slowest pace game of the entire series. And I don't think it's accidental by any stretch of the imagination. I do very much think it's by design. I think they go on the road. They literally try and you know run you out the gym. If you have success, they come home and they completely change the game script entirely and slow it down to absolute walking pace. We saw it against Denver. We saw it against Memphis. And I think we see it again tonight. I think it's going to go all the way back down to being the slowest paced game so far in this series and matchup. And, uh, you know, if it, if it does do that, do you trust Dallas and do you trust Jason Kidd to make the in-game adjustments necessary to then have that same level of success on offense? The answer for me is no, I, I don't trust them. You know, I, I don't think that they're able to quite figure things out on the fly just yet, especially not against a championship team and a team who's, you know, so well-versed like the Warriors are. So those adjustments should come into play. I think, you know, the primary one being Draymond Green goes back to being a, a real Rome help defender where they try and trap that penetration as it happens and prevent that kick out. And, you know, the guys that are on the perimeter sort of stick to their man and it makes it really difficult to successfully find anyone out there. And, you know, that, that that's generally speaking, sorry, is sort of a recipe for a lot of turnovers uh, and if you get the Warriors playing in, in transition, I think everyone knows what the outcome is in those situations. So for me, the under the biggest edge here, like I said, when I adjust for this uh, projected pace that I'm anticipating, I sort of come out at about a 208, which is a lot lower than the market at the moment. Maybe I'm being a little bit over aggressive and adjusting for that pace, but I think that there's certainly merit for that to be the case. So I do show a little bit of value towards Dallas here at current number. Unders for me, they're the top play on this one. I agree with that. I think this game could start off fairly close and, and throughout the first half, maybe a look towards the Mavs first half, but I think the Warriors blow this game open in the second half and, and Dallas struggles to score then. We've seen that script so many times and oftentimes when, when that happens and one team is struggling to put points on the board, the under is the right play there. Speaking of second halves, I am going to play the Warriors in the third quarter. They're minus one and a half for the third quarter. They've been great coming out of the half. Not only all season long, but in the postseason, they're nine and six overall in the playoffs, three and one in the first in the third quarter rather against the Mavs in this series. And their home third quarter wins have come by nine, 14, 14, 10, and 12. So averaging about a winning margin of 11 in that third quarter. So not only am I going to play minus one and a half, which is what the line's at right now, but I also might look to a couple, maybe take an alternate line and get some plus money there because when the Warriors put Games away, it often happens right after the, fir the first half, coming out of that half. Steve Carr is a great coach at making adjustments at halftime. And uh, this has been a, a 
winning pick for the majority of the, um, I don't know, regular season and postseason. So that is my play for this game. Chris, I'm so disappointed. No plays for you tonight. What is going on? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think this is what my first time. What are we doing time. here, Chris? It's like we only have a couple <laughs> games left. Come on. Well, well. Also, on top of it, I don't even know how to follow you two after those. I mean, I love the research Josh did um, on the pace, uh, how that drops. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't do that research. I didn't know that that was the case. Um, Golden State, the, it makes a lot of sense, right? And Steve Kerr is really good at that too. He loves to mix things up and just totally throw off the other team. And when you have a team that has as much chemistry as the Warriors have, that's that's the kind of thing you can do. Uh, one thing that I do notice about the Warriors, too, and it is a lean of mine. I didn't take it because it's two, two and a half, depending on the book, which I think is very sharp. But the Warriors in the first quarter, again, if you look at them this postseason, after those two games against Memphis when they went on the road and they got trounced, um, against Denver when they allowed a ton of points against them on the road and they could have been eliminated. Uh, in the next game, they responded. And they responded in that first quarter, winning by four to five points in both of those games. So, I mean, that's typical Warriors basketball, right? You know they're going to button up. They weren't great from beyond the arc in that last game. Uh, Steph Curry, on the other hand, has been sensational in this series. I mean, his three-point shooting has been great. So I think we can expect some really solid things from him tonight as well. Um, one thing that's interesting that the Warriors or that the Mavericks did in the previous game, too, is, you know, Kevin Kevon Looney kind of went away, didn't he? Like, he just didn't have the same impact that he had before, um, you know, just by the eye test, it looked like Dallas was trying to guard that uh, interior, the pain just a little more, forced the Warriors to take those three-point shots. Most teams don't want to do that. You know, the Warriors are a great three-point shooting team, but they weren't quite as precise in that last game. Uh, you know, obviously, the Mavericks finally showing what they can do from the perimeter, shooting um, almost 50% from there. But this is tough. Uh, I agree with Josh that I would lean to the Mavericks actually full game because seven points is a lot. And this is a Mavericks team that we've seen in two elimination games against the Suns. They stepped up. They won. Uh, you know, they hung on. They, uh, I, I kind of feel like maybe they're built for this. And maybe they're built for this because their star is built for this. Luka has been averaging 36 points in five elimination games uh, so far in his career. So he loves these scenarios. Uh, you know, and that's that's why, you know, I tend to judge players about how they react in the playoffs, because those are the toughest moments, right? These big moments in the playoffs. What are you going to do? Uh, Luca didn't actually have that great of a game in game uh, four. So I, 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 I mean, if, if he positively regresses then he's going to have an even better game tonight, uh, I think the key for the Mavericks is to keep on taking away those offensive rebounds that the Warriors have just been eating this whole series. That's a huge thing for them. Obviously, the Mavericks have to hit from the perimeter. And to Josh's point, if they're not aggressive going to the rim, they're not going to find the same shot. So you have to create that kind of offense. They are on a flow. So the rhythm of the Mavericks now scares me off a full game on the Warriors, although who would be surprised if the Warriors also blew out the Mavericks here at home? So uh, there's just a lot of competing narratives for me. The Warriors, they're a very good team at home. They're 62% ATS at home this year. Uh, so they're very comfortable there. So just a lot of competing narratives, no play for me, but I do kind of like that first quarter lean. Yes, I mean, two very viable game scripts that could both easily take place tonight. Josh, if the Mavs are able to win tonight, all the pressure goes back on Golden State as they go back to Dallas to kind of close things out. Do you, do you almost feel like there's more pressure on Golden State here tonight to close this, close this one out? Not yet. I don't. I don't think so. 
Um, you're right. It, it, obviously, you know, the longer Dallas is able to extend it, the greater the pressure becomes on Golden State. I just don't think it's quite there yet. And, uh, you know, they're too well-versed. They've been here far too many times to even start thinking about the prospect of this being 3-2, maybe even 3-3. You know, I, um, any other team potentially, you know, especially a, a young, much younger team. And if that team were to, you know, be down at halftime in a game like this, then absolutely nerves become... Uh, a factor, I think, but yeah, in this situation, I think Golden State is just too well versed and steady to let that sort of distract them and affect them in how they play or execute just yet. We have uh, Scott Foster reffing tonight. Seri- series extender. We do. Do you guys, do you guys I... take the refs into consideration at all when you <laughs> handicap? I mean, Twitter is like loving it. They all, I mean, Scott Foster's reffing this game's going seven, seven. Series is going seven games, all that jazz, but that's not anything you guys worry about, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of conspiratorial stuff out there, right, about sports in general, right? Uh, the the NBA wants to extend extend this series. They want to extend that series. They want the Lakers to win. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes it, it it does seem like that's the case. Um, unfortunately, I uh, because there's no evidence of that, uh, at least you know, not that we know of. Um, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, so. I, I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. I, I don't think Scott Foster's a great ref. Uh, but, you know, I mean, here we are. I, I don't think it affects a team like the Warriors as much either. You know, they can be a physical team, but, you know, they're going to beat you in so many different ways. They don't really have to rely on the free throw shooting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, for this game, Josh <laughs> is uh, going to play the under here, 215.5. I'm going to take the Warriors third quarter, minus 1.5. Chris, no plays for you today. So, I mean, we'll just give you the first question that comes up as we move into our question and answer section. And uh, no questions so far, so I'll give you a question. <laughs> give me a player prop. Uh, me or Josh? Yeah, let's, let's go to me first, and then we'll go to the guy yeah. that hits at 99.9%. Um, well, you know, first of all, before I said this is as good of a spot as any, my mom's been watching this show every day. So shout out to uh, Mother Farley out there. Uh, actually, Josh, I think she has a little crush on you. She loves Kate. Uh, so, Mom, thanks for watching. Mom and Dad, thanks for watching. Uh, I love you guys. This is Farley. This is Farley Bat. Give her a round of applause. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, th- this is one of those games where it, it, it doesn't feel like it, it, I mean, it's almost impossible to not bet on a Luca prop, right? He, he's shown it game after game in these elimination games and, and the usage of him in these games too, right? I mean, it makes you wonder, do, do players want to go to Dallas? Because it's going to be a lot of Luca handling the ball, right? And that, like, that's the one flaw I would say to, to yeah. his game is he's going to, he's going to ball hawk. Uh, and, you know, that, that's just the way the Dallas Mavericks work at this point. I think, again, if they had a great big on their team, that could change. It would probably improve Luca. Uh, and it would improve the potentiality for the Mavericks. But uh, it is what it is right now, and Luka Doncic is probably going to do a lot of stuff tonight. So I think his uh, PAR props, his point props, you probably can't go too high for him. They're going to be reasonable, probably around 34 for the points, probably around 50 for the PAR. But he's a little bit like Giannis at this point. He's just a part of everything. So it's, it's not a bad prop bet. Lucas points, rebounds, assists is at 52 and a half right now. I took that in game four, and he had finished with 53. So that hit, and Chris even said earlier, he didn't have that great of a performance in game four. So, you know, better performance tonight. I think he could easily go over that. 
Josh, what's your uh, take for tonight? I've got to basically roll with the correlation of my full game play here. And I, I think that taking a few unders makes a lot of sense in this spot. I'd be looking at probably someone like Finney Smith to regress after a pretty impressive showing last time out. Uh, I'd still look at Reggie Bullock unders as well. And I'd probably look at someone like Spencer Dinwiddie unders, I think. Uh, like you said, in situations like this, especially when things get tense and tight and if the Warriors are able to play from in front, it's going to be even more Luca, which sounds crazy because there is already so much Luca and the usage is so high. But uh, that's just what these teams do. You know, you, you sort of revert into the worst version of yourselves when uh, your backs are really against the wall and you're hanging on by a thread. And I think that that just means that Doncic basically does everything and anything in his power to try and get this team over the line. And it'll, uh, in turn, limit the opportunities for guys, like I said, like Finney Smith, like Spencer Dinwiddie in particular for me. Um, go back to the Reggie Bullock unders. I think, you know, he might have himself another one of those games as well where it's uh, the LA Lakers version of Reggie Bullock, not the Dallas Mavericks version of Reggie Bullock. So uh, I'd be looking at, at a ton of unders, even on the Warriors side as well, not so much because I don't think they perform, but just because, like I said, the, the likely pace in this game is going to be a lot lower than what it has been for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry unders have hit a couple times in the series too. So, I mean, everyone always wants to play Steph overs because, we know what he can do, but that sometimes the under is the way to go. All right, let's turn our attention to our best bets for today. Once again, Josh is playing the under 215. That's the full game. I am taking the Warriors third quarter, minus one and a half. Maybe sprinkle in a little on some alt lines for plus money. And Chris is uh, taking the day off tonight. He's just going to maybe order some Chinese food. I don't know. Sit back, relax. Watch the game. Excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm actually about to go eat some Mexican food. So Mexican I am Mexican food, pumped. that's what it was you were ordering. Uh, that sounds pumped. pretty good too. Absolutely. I don't know about you guys, but I basically live for food. So if there's a uh, if there's a good dinner tonight, I'm a pretty happy guy. <laughs> there's food in front of you, you're a pretty happy guy, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. true. All right. Well, that is all we have for you today. A short and sweet show. We will be back here once again tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to give us a follow at BetUSTV. We will see you all tomorrow. Have a good night.